I know we said we weren't going to release a podcast today, but we are. Because you might already be sick of your family this holiday season and need a little escape. Let's check in with Greg and Robert and continue this Rochester series. I find myself in Rochester, New York, a place I uh, lived for about three years. I started my radio career here. Well, technically, I started my radio career in a little town called Geneva, New York, at a little radio station called CQ 102, hit music and more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, on that other podcast where we were with Brother Weeze in the studio, and you, every so often, well, actually, no, you and uh, Weeze did not put on the voice. You know, when you were talking up songs, but that guy Billy in there, not Billy, who's the, uh, the his oh, other, Paul? Paulie. Paulie, when Paulie was doing the ad copy, yeah. all that puking stuff that we've tried so hard to forget in our careers came out. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you about the window guy. Yeah, but he's good at it. I know, but it's I, I don't... funny how it just came back because Carl's looking around going, I'm surrounded by yeah. this voice again. I'm in the car with Robert, by the way. We're on our way to uh, have lunch with Brother Weeze at a great joint called Mamasan. It's a great Vietnamese place up here. They have been very hospitable our time up here in Rochester these all these weeks. That's <laughs> what it feels like. It's so cold up here. But everybody's so nice. Yeah. We decided to do a little run up here because uh, this is sort of one of my one of my many hometowns there, Robert. But anyway, going back to Paulie, so yeah, he does the radio voice well, and if you do it well, it's okay. When I started radio, that's all everyone was doing, was doing the pukey, you know, hey, two for Tuesday on your home of rock and roll. And I wasn't good at it, and I was at the crossroads of my career, and um, then I heard Brother Weeds when I was in a fraternity house down there in Geneseo when I was going to college, and I heard this guy with a really raspy, not the greatest voice, uh, but it didn't matter because the stuff he was saying was like mind blowing at the time, and I'm like, that's what I want to do. And if he's doing it, I could do that. And so I, I started uh, worrying way less about having that radio voice, and you know, trying to throw my personality on um, on the radio. No, and you you were great at it, and I think more people should do that. There weren't a bunch of us. Even when I came up, it was uh, tried to fashion ourselves like the old FM jocks, where you just talked about the music, you just talked about a conversation. You know, it was a conversation you had with a, you know, whoever you're the listeners, the other person. It's just like when we talk to you guys who are listening to this podcast. There's no effects, there's no stuff, and that's what's great and freeing about this. Which way am I going? Oh, you're going left. <laughs> I, I forgot that you'd never lived up here before. Look at the vape shop, man. The the vaping is taking over the world. It's unbelievable. It, they figured out how to get the, uh, the young generation back into smoking. Oh, yeah. We had that whole smoking thing done. Yes, we did. And as someone who, who does use the vape, uh, I like it because it's clean. You don't smell. Uh, it's less nicotine. Um, and actually, I can go a couple days without it. I can stop anytime I want. No, I haven't had a cigarette in over a year, and I don't, I don't miss that. But it is something psychosomatic about having that in your hand and inhaling something. I hear you. Well, if it's uh, if it's not the uh, you know the good stuff, I have no desire to to suck on to a vape. Their own. I have no desire. Thank God, I never got into that nicotine thing. Yeah, you're going straight there, uh, Robert. We're heading to, like I said, lunch with Brother Weeze. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him some more because we we really were in just radio mode. Yesterday, oh yeah, we were totally radio mode uh, that you guys heard on that last pod, podcast. And we really couldn't have, I mean, there were some good stories. I loved uh, the story about his old man um, and the kidnapping. 
Um, but uh, I think we're going to get some more stuff. And I really want to hear, because we've heard your side of how you were inspired by Brother Weez. Uh I would like to hear more about why he has your name tattooed on his arm. And why, you know, again, you mentioned that he's a father figure to you, which is great. But I, I think I'd love to hear some of his stories uh, about you. All right. Well, I told the one on the way up to Rochester where he almost killed me in that horrendous car accident. We're going to actually pass the uh, the site of the big car accident. The big, we're going to pa- kids. We're going to pass the car accident. Uh, oh, there's Jeremiah's. Again. And there's Jeremiah's. We spent a little time there after we did our road trip. So, well, I'll tell you one yeah. wee story. So, when I was first getting started, and like I said, I started at CQ 102. Hit music and more. <laughs> and uh, I was so bored being a music jock at CQ 102. Um, that I would put records on. This is a true story. And there was a McDonald's relatively close, and I was doing overnights, and I'm also thinking no one's really listening to this stuff. So I started challenging myself. I put a longer record on, not that long, and then I would jump in my car, go through the drive-thru, <laughs> get my McDonald's, and get back to the station before the record, the record ran out. out. I used to do that with cigarettes back in the day, but it was rock, and you could play a seven-minute record. Yeah, exactly. So... Then I moved on to CMF, and I was like the jack-of-all-trades. They, they hired me for, I mean, I don't even remember, but if I was making 10000 a year, that would have been a lot. So I was like, I was doing weekend um, shifts on the radio, mm-hmm. so I was lucky to do that. Then I worked in promotions. Then I would, uh, I would watch Stan Main was my program director back then. I'd watch him program uh, music on the computer. Um, and then I would uh, do some production and I did some voices on commercials and stuff. Then I did F- um, traffic for the afternoon drive girl, Janet Mer- Miriam. And I also like took a peek at sales because I was a young kid and I wasn't really sure, you know, what gig I was officially going to get in radio. I wanted to be on air. That was my dream. And I remember I showed up at a, at an office party and I was wearing a tie and a suit. It was when I was going sort of through the sales uh, stage where they were taking me on sales calls. You were like a doctor doing a rotation. Yeah, Pete Coughlin, who was the GM, he thought I'd make a great salesperson back then. And I showed up at, a, at an office party with a tie on. Brother Weeze takes one look at me and he goes, Brah, you never want to be a suit, brah. Take that tie off. And, and I always listen to Weeze. So I took the tie off at the office party. I still had, you know, dress clothes on besides the tie. And I never looked back. And to this day, the only time I wear a tie is basically at a wedding. And there's nothing wrong with being a suit. No. But back in radio, way back in the day, you you go uh, pretty far back, Robert. Yeah. There was programming and then there were sales. And the two were very distinct and didn't really get along with each other. Um, So back then, it was either you, you choose to be on the air or you choose to wear a suit and be a sales guy so. somewhere in the middle were us promotions people who wanted to either be on air or and that was the that's this thing that was the you know if I'm going to follow the doctor uh, analogy out the uh, promotions people were the nurses of the whole profession you either went this specialty of sales or you went to be creative and be on air yeah just have to wear a suit. So we're uh, rolling down Monroe Avenue. We're coming close to the, the crash site. And, and that's also where we're having lunch today with Brother Weed. In front Weed. of the crash site? <laughs> yeah. That, were, that with was your groceries real... scattered all across Monroe Avenue? Yeah, after we hit the Wegmans. I mean, go back a couple episodes. I told the whole story on the road trip episode to Rochester. But uh, it was it was a really, really uh, scary car accident. And I, I'm lucky because I forgot what kind of car he had. But he had... Um, one of those kind of SUV-ish um, 
pickup trucks that were way up high. Right. And that really helped me out in this crash because the car hit my side uh, where I was sitting in the passenger seat, but but hit pretty low because we were up pretty high, you know. In, uh, so in you, were, you were in the impact, uh, the car bore most of the brunt of the impact. Uh, well, I, I mean, the guy hit us so... Well, the guy hit us so hard that we went sideways about 20 feet into one of these telephone poles. You see how close they are to the road? Yes. Um, and all four tires blew out. Uh, airbags went off, like I said. I jumped out of the car. My nose immediately swelled up because I hit the, the rear view mirror. And I remember there's a there's a little, uh, like, crack hotel. Sort of like this. You see this? Uh, the Towpath? The Towpath Motel. motel. It, it's probably and a nice place. House. I don't know. But it was one of these side of the... Um, side of the roads uh, uh, side of the road motels and I remember just staggering around just dazed and confused like what the hell happened I, I wasn't sure if I hit my head and I had a concussion I definitely hit my nose bad enough to, to break it and I remember a lady like a, I have to say it a crackhead coming up to me looking and going you don't look so bad <laughs> she offered to give you mouth to mouth she was a disaster. And then Weeds goes, yeah, bro, you don't look so bad. We're going to still do our boat trip. And you still went fishing. That's a commitment to fishing. Is that what? where it started for you? Uh, no, we didn't go fishing. We would take these uh, boat trips from Lake Ontario on this side, uh, you know, uh, in Rochester all the way to Canada. And we would crank, like, the Grateful... Oh, you would like this because you're a deadhead. I am a deadhead. We would crank Grateful Dead uh, concerts all the way to Canada. We'd stop in the middle. It'd be a beautiful, sunny day. Blue sky, sun is out. We're drinking wine the whole time. He's he's going, like, really, really slow so we could just enjoy it. Right. And in the middle of the lake, there's nobody out there. And then we would stop in the middle of the lake, which was kind of creepy, and he had a jet ski... And we would jet ski around. Wow. And then he had shampoo and conditioner and stuff, and we'd jump in the lake and, and, and wash up okay. for the night. And then on the other side, you, you would dock your boat, and it was just one big party, man, because a lot of people like doing it over there. And then there were these little, tiny little towns. I gotta, I forget all the names of the towns. Um, so and the they, Canadian or Indian. Yeah. Oh, we're going over there, by the way. There's my son, so you're going to go on the in the left lane. Um, and then we'd go into the little towns and have a really, really nice meal. But as Weez got older, he kind of tapped out of the whole boating thing. Well, that's understandable. He had a boat that was close to his crib here in Rochester, and he got a call from the police that a, a couple was having sex in it. That's another true story. Wow. Yeah. We, we, we will, we'll have to ask him about that. So we're going over there. There's Mama okay. Son. And you see... Uh, the green is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And not that anyone could see, but right... Right. Oh, that broken telephone pole over there? Is it That's st- where your car hit? Just go oh with it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, right there, that telephone pole. That's 30 where years we got later, smacked. it's still smacked. Oh, Mama Sons has become a popular Ooh, joint, yeah, I see. It's, it's very popular. In this. All right, we're pulling into uh, Mama Sons. <laughs> She's a great lady, and this Vietnamese food is just to die for. Over the years, when I've come to Rochester by myself... I make sure I bring up uh, a whole bunch of the spring rolls home to uh, the wife and myself. Uh-huh. They're that good. So, I shouldn't make any cat jokes. We exhausted all the cat jokes on the last podcast. I hate cats. Do they serve cat? I think is the question. I hate cats. You know, my stupid cats, right? I was living in Huntington, Long Island, and um, 
They used to when I wasn't making that much money. I like that spot. You don't like that spot. Uh, it's sticking out. You have a giant car, and we gotta keep it All safe. Right. I um I found a place when I was living in Huntington. It was a place where you could eat all the sushi you want. That's never a good sign. No. And I remember that I brought the sushi home that I couldn't eat that I didn't totally like to begin with. This is a good spot. Fuck. Yeah, Fuck yeah. it. Um, and I tried to feed the the sushi to my cats. And they didn't want it. They wouldn't touch it. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and you could just imagine what happened next. You know it's bad. Explosive diarrhea! Oh. You get diarrhea and you get diarrhea. Oh. Diarrhea! Oh, sorry, man. We're just going to lunch. Awkward. Is that snow? Yeah, it's snow. Keys, yeah. yeah, man, we're not in... It gets cold up here. You haven't figured that out yet? I have not been in Rochester in 20 years. Why would you come up here? I was here for a wedding in something called Canadagua. Is that? Yeah, Canadagua's nice. Yeah. It's beautiful out there. This guy that I worked in radio with got married. That's a whole other story. Um, But yeah, I was here for like a, I don't know, five days or something like that. It was my old roommate. Yeah, no, Canadagua Lake. No, Canadagua Lake in the summer is gorgeous. Thank you. All right, we're going into Mamasan's. Behave. Behave. Let's see. I'm looking around. Looking around for Wheeze. Oh, there he is. He's already babbling over here. Huh? The chef gave you the stiff? He's tired. You gave him a sweet last night. What, are you crazy? What? You gave him a sweet. So? That mean you say so. He thinks party time. All right. <laughs> All right, we got big table over there. All right, let's go. And uh, I called the girls' party tonight. This party is a big party. Okay, a ton of food, so you're gonna get complete. All right, great oh, okay. food. On hey, the- Mama Son, how are you? Huh? You look the same for you. I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, look at you. I'm, I'm looking a little tired these days. Look How are you? Because it's very good, very yeah. good. Family, family good? Uh, yeah, everyone's good. good. I'll show you pictures when okay. I turn this thing off, all right? The new owner of Tony D's. Hey, hey brother. brother. Nice to meet nice you, to man. See brother Jay. Yes. Like, you've met him, I'm sure. Before, uh, you look familiar. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. We've been there the whole time. So. You're keeping uh, the legend of Tony D uh, yeah, alive? absolutely. Uh, I'm picking my daughter up at the airport, I think, Wednesday from Thailand. Okay. Which is a 30-hour flight. We're coming right to your job. All right, perfect. Then we'll sit down. We'll yeah, talk a little. Yeah, yeah. I'll get you all straightened out. Very cool. All right. All right, let's go eat, man. All right. I'm sitting yeah, over here with Lara. We're going to grab all lunch. Right. All right. What do you think so far? This is great. Isn't this awesome? Where are we sitting, Weege? Big table straight ahead. Just oh, the giant one? Yeah. All right. All right. Sitting down with Brother Weeze and Robert for a little lunch. While Greg, Robert, and Brother Weeze get a table, Joey Salvia here wishing you a happy 2019. It's time for the Opie Radio Podcast. So we're finally sitting down with Brother Weez here, Mama Sans, and you've known her for 35 years. 35 years. 
wow, you you started bringing me to this place while it was in a different locale. Yeah, downtown. Uh, when I first met you a million years yeah. ago. Right. And she would never take care of me. She would take care of you. Right. And then fast forward a whole bunch of years, <laughs> I, I made the cut. Right. <laughs> She's got uh, Rob Schneider is in her camp, Bobby Slayton, <coughs> a few other people. Stephanie Miller used to have this these rolls shipped out to her in L.A. Oh yeah, no, I understand that. But before I go home, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and get the spring rolls. Yeah, for real, the fresh rolls. Yeah, the fresh rolls. So listen to this, Bo Wan, her daughter. Who's Bo Wan? Our the lady that just came That's, over here. Oh, Mama Son. Her daughter. Oh, okay, all right. She said her name, her American name. Is Anna. Right. But I don't play that crap, and she makes a big thing about it. She says to her, little shoes, <laughs> Robert, <laughs> I love that that stuck with you. Yeah. She said to little feet <laughs> that uh, I don't call her Anna because, I, you know, I, her real name, she says Bohan. Anyway, when she was about 13, drop dead gorgeous. I take her to a Bon Jovi concert at the War Memorial. He tried to take her home. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm going, bro, she's 13 years old. Ask her. She Come on. Her. Yeah. She was gorgeous, but 13. But you know how you can't tell how old people are anyway. Right. Even at that age when they get all foxed up. Right. So she didn't look 13. which nah. is a, Which is important to say on the OP Radio podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, bro. You're talking about Me Too and all that crap. The one thing that that freaks me out with my radio job is the stories I have to read about guys who are being charged. Right. You know, with with, uh, rape, actually. Right. Statutory if the girl's underage. Right. And, And, you know, this is the only country that the age is old compared to other countries. And for Christ's sakes, today... You see these little girls? And when I talk about it, it sounds creepy and terrible, but it's just a fact. You know, dudes, dudes can get in tr- I just told him about Bon Jovi. Tell him I... Look at her. Is he lying? No. Wait, come here. come here. Come here, come here, come here, come here, come here for one second. She doesn't like to talk. No, just... How old was I, 14? I thought 13, maybe yeah, 14. Yeah. Now, at that age, I didn't look my age. I looked a little bit older. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. And he actually tried to yeah, pick you up? He did. He yeah, asked. a hundred years ago, yeah, bro. a long time ago. You know. A long time ago. Very long time ago. Not that young. Right. <laughs> wow. And I had to go, bro, she's a kid. Right. But you can't tell. Right. Well, did he tap out at that point? Of course. Yes, yeah. she did. Okay. Well, that's that's important to the well, story. What do you think? <laughs> 14, you want to go to jail? Right. <laughs> That would have been the end. Of, she might have been the person responsible for the end of a guy's career. <laughs> no kidding. Wow, she but, just confirmed the story. Yes. All right. Oh, it was so funny. But so, anyway. The Me Too, yeah. Uh, the Me Too thing, I understand whatever bees, bees. But this thing where I have to read about 19-year-old guys, then they have to have it on their record because they banged a 16-year-old chick or something. Come on. And then they call... When you're reading the actual news stories, they talk about the victim. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. My favorite, though, I'm sure you guys did a lot on the radio. 
is the teachers banging the boys. Oh, of the course. victims. Of course. It's the most silly crap. Well, because that was all our dream back then. Yeah. That was all our dream. And, yeah. And, and uh, the guys that it happened to, they, they never seemed like they were scarred by that. Oh, my God. We all the- dreamt of we. Just talking about it, anyone listening to this podcast right now, there's an a, a, a image of a teacher going in their head right now that oh, they yeah. wanted to bang when oh. they were in school. For me, it was a French teacher. Stereotypical French teacher, smelled like a French teacher, uh, had the boobs like a uh, French teacher, the bleach blonde hair like a, like a French teacher. Well, check this one out. Me and my boy Tommy McGill, we were seniors, I think. We finally got the chick I wanted to bang was an art teacher, close to French, yeah. right? You know. Yeah, that's And she lived chick. with another broad, and don't forget, she was probably 27-ish. You know how young, but, you know, now young, yeah. but then old. And me and McGill got invited over to their rented house over on Genesee Street. I was so excited. And we even smoked dope. Nothing. Bro, nothing. No nothing, no. But, you know, I was, I'll go, oh, my God, I'm getting that teacher. Right. But nothing happened. But nothing happened in the end. Yeah, no, I kind of agree with you. But then again, if it, if it was my my son, then I don't know, I would probably feel differently, I think. Well, see, that's you. You're straighter than me. If it's me, I'm saying I'm getting him a statuette. Really? Hell yeah. Hell if yeah. If my son bangs a god teacher, he's my boy. <laughs> Come on, he lived out what you wanted to live. Right. But how old? 15 banging a 30-year-old teacher? 15 and up. You know what my... Th- I, so I, I've done this topic on the radio for a million years. You, you notice that the ugly teachers always get more time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. And don't forget that one that married the kid. Right. But, I mean, if it's a Playboy model-looking teacher, all of a sudden they get, like, a couple weeks probation. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know, ugly and short um, for men. Yeah. You know, you got to pay the duty. Um, Robert wanted to ask you a question, by the way. Your, your OP tattoo. Why did you get an OP tattoo? What's this? The OP tattoo. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed that he he wanted to ask this question, and, and he said that he said this he said this in the car on the way over, and I almost no, you asked. All right. What? Well, well, here's why. I mean. It, Opie has talked about you um, for years as his mentor, and you really helped shape and gave him this foundation. What I'm really interested in, what I think the rest of our listeners are interested in, is the other side of that perspective, your side of that well, perspective. What did you see in him? I'm going to tell you. He knows what, he saw, what you saw in him, but I, we want to hear from you. Well, the reason I got the tattoo, first of all, is he was getting married. And I, first of all, what do you get a guy that has everything? <laughs> So I, you know, well, it goes back to, to your cancer that, too. I had to find that space. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And then I showed it to him. I, I don't know if he remembers, but at your rehearsal. Dinner. Yes, I remember. But Look, anyway, it was yesterday, Opie, I brag to everybody. Opie is the most loyal, and loyalty is rare. I'm sure it's embarrassing him, but loyalty is rare. And this guy, his loyalty is amazing. And, and I feel it in my heart. And, you know, it's very rare. What more can I say? And he's well, the real deal. Well, I got that from my dad. But, no, I mean, the, the, the Opie tattoo is also connected to your, um, your cancer treatment in New York. Oh, when I was getting treated for cancer, 
it's Sloan Kettering. Well, can I say the other side of that? Like, me and Weez, we'll go a year without talking, yeah. and then and then we'll go, like, only a week without talking. So it's one of those relationships. Right. I've known him for over, God, probably 30 years at this point. Right. And I got a call one day when I was, uh, I'm trying to remember where I was at this. What, what year was the cancer? 05, I think. 05. So I was early on Sirius XM right. slash doing regular radio, both jobs. And one day, someone just called the, uh, the station and goes, you better check on your boy Weez. Doesn't tell me anything. And then I find out he has, he has cancer and that he was doing his treatment in New York. He moved to New York City to get his cancer treatment. And he got it. He got what kind of cancer? In the face. Okay. And uh, well, right between the yeah. eyes, yeah. deep in I his skull. I got little tattoos there. You can't, where they line up, they have to tattoo you for the radiation. But Opie came with me to radiation. And Opie also turned me on to getting a telescope <laughs> to look at other people's. Yes. Because <laughs> in New York, you learned really fast that no one likes curtains or drapes. And if you just stare out your window long enough, you're going to see a lot of nudity. Yeah, it was fun. And but then t- what, what you'll start seeing when you do get a telescope is everyone else has a telescope. They're looking back at yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. We did that in Boston, too. The station I worked at was in the Prudential Tower. And we had a telescope in master control where we could look at the hotels and all the apartment buildings in the back bay. Same thing. But listen to this funny anecdote. One year, I'm in Aruba on vacation, and Opie calls me, not knowing, you know, our cell phones. Uh, what happened was that guy, Corey Lytle, oh, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> flew his airplane right into the building, turned out to be across the street from my apartment. He thought it could have been my apartment. Right. It was a, right across the street from my apartment in New York. That guy, poor bastard, threw his airplane. So, so Weez is getting major uh, radiation treatment for his cancer. Major. That's why I'm deaf now. And, and, lo- and lost his taste buds. Yeah. You know. Sucked. But, but he, he made it through, which is pretty unbelievable. And this guy, you lived in New York for what, three or four months? Yeah, three months. Three months. And every night, even though he was getting chemo and radiation, he, he would still go out and play poker. That's, <laughs> that's the type of guy this guy is. He's an it animal. last the whole time. I got my ass kicked. I no, but the, but you also were doing the radio show from the condo they yeah, set you up with in New York. I went really bad. It was bad, bad. It, yeah. Doreen ended up doing the little Oh, that's radio. right. I remember. She, and it was she only little up. bits because I was... That, Jim Kelly just getting the same thing of all things. Right. So He's messed up. So he told me on my rehearsal dinner that uh, he never forgot when I was there for him when he was going through his cancer treatment in yeah. New York, and then he shows up with the Opie tattoo and yeah. fucking uh, you know, brought me to my knees, to be honest with you. Well, I'll tell you something. I have a, a tattoo on my leg from my old radio station, and I get such a kick. I would be at radio conventions, and some douchebags would go, What are you, an idiot? What happens if you don't work there anymore? I got an army tattoo too. I ain't in it right. anymore. Yeah. Anything that's a part of your life, well, it's a part of your life. Yeah, it was a chapter. Everything means something. And Opie, you know, uh, I have all kind of stupid tattoos. But, <laughs> you got but a lot some, of tattoos. No, but I'm not. Some mean way more. Opie one means a ton. How, how, how uh, have you ever counted all the tattoos? How many? Well, last I counted was a 40 something, but wow. um, I still have a couple more to do. Which wow. is ridiculous. That's unbelievable. I was telling Robert in the car, I'll, I'll say this, then we'll take a little break and eat. Um, I was at the crossroads when I was working up here, and Pete Coughlin was trying to turn me into a sales guy. Do you yeah. remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, I went to an office party dressed up like a suit with a tie, 
And you looked at me. You were so disappointed, like a disappointed father. And you go, brah, you never want to be a suit. And I never forgot that. You told me to take the tie off, which I did. And to this day, I only wear ties at pretty much weddings. You know, it's funny. The guy he mentioned. Pete Coughlin. I told a good Pete Coughlin story in the car ride. Where we used to fight. There's a lot of Pete Coughlin stories, but... The guy was a big-time suit. Matter of fact, he ended up going to, I believe, NEW. What, what's, uh, what was the legendary no, movie? he went to NEW. It wasn't NEW. Yeah, and that's why I beat up that staff, talking about loyalty. Oh. So, fast forward to Pete Coughlin. i got to explain this. So, he was our GM in Rochester. Then he went to Buffalo, and he, he, he told me he wanted me to be part of this new station. I, I told that story in the car, too. So, Pete Coughlin was huge in our business and then he got the call to try to turn NEW around with all those old jocks he went down there with the game plan and even though I love Scott Muni we ended up uh, getting along and the rest of the Scott Muni was pretty much the only one I got along with the rest of my thought were pretty pretty shitty toward me and not nice people um so anyway, he goes down there with a plan. Scott Muni and the rest of them ignored his plan, kept doing the exact same thing, even though they were in like 20-something place, yep. right? And, and, and all these guys revolted against Pete. Yep. He loses his gig. Yep. And I think he moved to Florida at that point and never really returned to the status he was at. What happened was he bought a station in um, Saratoga. Right. Oh, that's right, 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 right. And it was called The Jockey. And yes. then... Now he's in Florida forever. He bought a group. Right. Well, so this is where maybe my loyalty is stupid. So then fast forward a whole bunch of years. I get this opportunity to work at NEW. I never forgot two things. What Howard said to Weez when he moved into the Rochester market. And I never forgot those those guys being a complete asshole to Pete Coughlin, who I respected because he gave me my first full-time radio job. So I, any chance I got, I beat the shit out of those guys and made it hurt. But I also had to do that for survival because those right. it was either <clears throat> it was either going to be the new way of me and Anthony doing a show or they were going to continue with this old tired format. So Pat St. John was a joke by then. Carol Miller had, hadn't moved over to Q yet. Scott was the only guy who could see the future and knew where to get out of the way. And I forget the rest of that staff at the time because we were competing against them and I tried to get a job there because it was a heritage station I grew up with. Yeah. And I remember the first time I get walked around the studio and I meet Pat St. John. It's a guy I also listened to for 20 years. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's inside, and he has dark sunglasses on and a leather jacket. I said, oh, who's he got a guest today? No. What the hell is he dressed like that? This is radio. You come in your pajamas. Yeah. And I just... I, they I, took I was, themselves very was, seriously. Oh, I, and Muni was the only guy that didn't... When he came over to Q, wasn't like that. And all those K Rock guys that came over to Q, because we were the little, we were the, the bottom end of the barrel. I was lucky to hang out at Scott Muni's office, and he would have just piles of rock memorabilia <laughs> yes. that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame would love. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a drumstick from Keith Moon. Oh, you want to see a picture with me and Keith Moon? And then he would go through the stuff. Oh, well, here's a picture of me and John Lennon. And he didn't think too much no. about it. It was just part of his life. But in the end, uh, when I did my first shift in New York City, uh, which was a dream come true being from Long Island, and we were about to go on the air at 3, I'll never forget this, 
And Scott Muni, at this point, he was at pretty much at the end of his life, more or less. He hung out. He had five years left. Yeah, he hung in for a, a couple more years. But he comes marching down the hall because he knows we're about to do our first break. Sits outside the studio. I, I remember to this day him looking up at the speakers to really listen to what we were saying. We did our first break, and honestly, it wasn't even that good. We kind of stumbled through it because the nerves were getting the best of us. And then Scott Muni, I forgot who he said it to, but someone else was out there, maybe a sales guy or something. He goes, he goes, those kids are going to be all right. And then he got up and walked back to his office. And he basically gave us uh, his blessing yeah. that day. Yeah, no. He was the Pope of New York at the time. Yeah, so. But, yeah. And then the Howard Stern stuff. But we, we talked about that over the years. Because a lot of people said to me over the years, why were you so obsessed with Howard Stern? And when Howard started getting syndicated, he comes into the Rochester market and he starts uh, beating up Weez's uh, mentally challenged daughter, who we all love to death. Who She's has on the air this morning? Yeah, I heard her actually. <laughs> has Weez's personality, big time. She would she would work this room if she was here right now. She would, and, and she would hold court. Great, great girl. And uh, you know, Howard did his. Look, I, I'm guilty of a lot of crap too, obviously. But Howard did did his crap, and and I know how much it hurt him. So that always was in in my head too, if I ever got the chance. And, you know, and, and it caused a lot of uh, problems for me over the years, to say the least. Yeah, but you bounce back through it. And that's the thing. We were talking a couple of podcasts ago about the radio wars that we all used to you know, do. And um, you would knock the, other, the competition on the air, but you didn't really, you know, you weren't swinging bats at their knees on air. You weren't tearing down their family until Howard came in and he started just trashing everybody. You just, that's exactly the story. You know, I hate to keep going on, but now i got to tell you what happened. The first day Howard was on, the, the news, the TV news came over to me when the show was over. Took me in the production room, and they told me what Howard said. Obviously, I don't know. I'm on the air at the same time. And he took a shot at my special daughter. I abandoned her. And, uh, and it's so crazy because I, I got a few tears because I said, are you? I didn't. Even, at first, I didn't believe it, and then I said, "You're telling." Me. Matter of fact, of all people, Bill O'Reilly, Inside Edition. This is before Fox. Right. Inside Edition. They had the piece of me on the TV because I couldn't believe that for radio, you know, for stupid radio wars, this guy took that kind of a shot. Who would do that? So the thing that killed me is. It ended up benefiting me because it made front-page news and it made him look terrible. And, it, and it's not even his fault in real life because I figure what he does is in each city, he gets the schmucks from that city to tell him what the, the weak spot, the Achilles heel of the top morning guy in that town. And that's the information he got, and he ran with it, and it wasn't true. And, you know, the funny thing is, one of the things I pride myself on is I've been honest my whole radio career. I've told things on the radio people can't even believe. Uh, and so there was absolutely nothing. You know, John DeBella is one thing. So's a bunch of other guys that he went after. But he cannot expose me. He tried to say I didn't know uh, Sam Kinison. He pulled that back because I have audio. 
of Sam and the whole crew liking my show better. Oh when yeah, I got the audio. Yeah, I was yeah. up. I was up here for the Sam Kinison years. That, that that was incredible. But to Howard's credit, so he fast forward, he gets a lot of therapy, works on himself, yeah. and he started making amends with a lot of people. Yeah. And, he, and he called up Brother Weeze. Yeah, I'll give him the bug. So we talked for about <laughs> twenty. It's amazing. This was the end of the conversation. We talked for like twenty minutes. What did he say to you? He just apologized. Yeah. And did I, he say you know, he, he never, was a different guy? I'm curious about that because I because I've gone through some of that that growth myself. Well, he never said that it's like a twelve step program or sure, anything, sure, sure. but it sure appeared that's what it looks like, right? And he said that he, you know he heard I was a nice guy and he knows he did said some bad things and all this. But fast forward to the end of the conversation. At the very end, he said, hey, you know, if you're ever in New York, we'll get dinner or something. And I say, you know, Opie's my best friend. The three of us will go. And he closed up by going, I'm not ready for Opie. I swear. <laughs> and I'll bet you he denied that today. That's 100%. Look, and I... I wish I taped that crap. And I, you know, I, I worked on some things. And over the years, I tried to sit down with Howard and kind of talk things out, but... He, he was not interested, so whatever. He's and not ready for you. Ah, whatever. You can't it's, handle it. It's fine. <laughs> it's it's so fine. Great to see you. All right, Weez is uh, holding are, court. He, this guy is, this, just for, for, for those of you guys listening, this is incredible that he is, people have been coming up, uh, you know, this whole time yeah. to, to talk to Weez, yeah. to just thank him. I don't know if these are people he knows or fans or whatever, but it doesn't matter. He knows the whole city. we got to get you back to that point back in New York. Although <laughs> we're starting to see that. You came up here that, that first day, a couple of days ago. You had 25 people show up out of nowhere uh, off on one, a Sunday night. Off, off one, one tweet dumb tweet that, that we Carl at, Jeremiah, at Jeremiah's. We should have podcasted <laughs> from there, but we retired from the road trip. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, we're gonna we're gonna finish our food, Joey. Uh, do what you got to do, and we'll be back with Brother Wee's live from Mama Sons in Rochester, New York. <laughs> you like that? No, I like that because I, I used to have to do it. I was joking. Uh, now I got to grab it again. I was joking with Robert that uh, I was trying to have the radio voice, <gasps> and then I heard your voice when I was in Geneseo <laughs> in a fraternity house going. What the hell is coming from that radio in the other room? I'll never forget that too. Like it was yesterday. Worst voice in the world. And, but my point is, but what, I I had an open mind. I was listening to what you were saying, going, "Oh my God, I've been doing it wrong the entire time." And then I didn't worry about the voice as much as trying to, like, you know, come up with some kind of personality. What you got? Thank That's you, sir. For sure. Thank you. All right, we're gonna eat. Joey, take it away for a little bit. We'll be back with Brother Weed. I'm liking this little lunch gathering. Especially the questions Robert asked Brother Weeze about his feelings about... Gr- say my name. All right, I'll say his name. Opie. You're goddamn right. This is helping us fill in the blanks a bit more. Real quick, I want to thank all of you for the support these past months. I know a few of you are having a tough time with the changes or new voices around your favorite radio or podcast personality. That's all right. In the immortal words of the late, great Ricky Nelson, who was taken from us one New Year's Eve long ago, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. I want to take this moment and thank Greg Hughes for inviting me into his fold and always being appreciative of the work I do for him and with him. Hopefully we can actually meet each other come 2019. You too, Mike, Robert, Carl, Tim, and the rest of the gang. I'd especially like to thank Westwood One Podcast Network for allowing me to stay in their service. While I haven't been in radio or podcasting as long as the Opster, I think since 18, right? Oh yeah! I have been doing this gig for almost 20 years, and for only a few companies. 
They say you haven't been in radio until you've been fired. Well, I guess I'm still not in radio. But I'll take that badge of honor and so will my family. Joey, you are fired. Now enough about me. I don't want my critics going into conniptions any more than they already are. So let's get back to lunch with Brother Wheeze and the boys. All right, we're back talking to Brother Wheeze at Mama San's, a great Vietnamese joint here in uh, Rochester, New York. Robert, you having a good time or what? I'm having a great time. Yeah? Any stories you want to hear from Wheeze? How'd you get started? How'd Wheeze get started? Oh, my God. That's a That's, good story. It is a good story. How many years have you been doing radio now? I think uh, I, well, I have to use my fingers. <laughs> Uh, this will be starting the 34th of mornings. So I've been on about 35, 36. Wow. But anyway, this is a really good story because, as Opie's already said, I got a terrible voice, terrible diction. Uh, the I, When people say, what college did you go to? I say the University of Southeast Asia because that is where I went to college. So I got nothing, you know, and I got nothing uh, that deserves to be on the radio. So what happened was I was a concert promoter before I was on the radio. So I was in the music business, and we used to buy the rock and roll radio station. That's where we bought our commercials for the rock and roll shows that I told you about. Def Leppard, Judas Priest, Pretenders, all the bands, and we used to buy commercials at that radio station, and the program director, coincidentally, was shipped there from Philadelphia, Trip Reeb, and we became friends, of course, because I had all the concerts, and they would be there, and we would have tickets for them, and then one night he said to me at a concert, did you ever want to be on the radio? Who doesn't want to be on the radio? Of course I want to be on the radio. I got no aspirations of trying to figure out how or... I wouldn't even make the first move. He goes, well, I need an overnight guy tonight. I go, I don't know how to do it. I can't go do it because I don't know the first button to push. So he says, I got a college girl at the station. She'll do the buttons, and all you got to do is talk. So I went 2A to 6A, 2AM to 6AM. It was so fun because back then, you play whatever you want. Will you believe it? So these were records, regular vinyl. It was a ball. So then, because we had fun, I figured out how to do that pretty quick. It's pretty easy, as Opie will yeah, tell you. It's very easy. And I love queuing up the records and stuff. So uh, I started doing one overnight a weekend. And then forget about it. The, the Getting the morning show. I I went into sales when I and then I still promoted concerts. Then I stopped and did sales, but I I cheated. I have some legendary stories about how sometimes I won sales contests, but I wasn't selling. I paid the receptionist to when people called up to how do I buy ads? They're supposed to she is supposed to send them to the traffic lady who then would take turns with the salespeople. So I paid that broad to send them right to me. <laughs> I then, love it. Then, bro, I paid this chick in traffic to write up the orders. I didn't do anything. So anyways, I'm in there so hating the hell out of sales. And one, and all of a sudden, I was getting, they were going to fire me because I was miss a day on drugs or bad things. 
And they kept me and they made me promotions director, which is such a bullshit job of all jobs. The word was fun for me because, to be honest with you, at the time I had a side business going on to keep me alive. What was so, the side business? You know what it was. What else could it be? So, was it, was, was, it the girls or, was it the girls or the drugs or the gambling? <laughs> Just some cocaine and marijuana. Uh, all right. So there was the drugs back then. Yeah. Yeah. But it's a long time ago. So, a million years ago. So what happened was then all of a sudden I, I, they, they piped me from promotions director and gave me a real airship, 10P to 2A. Man, was that fun. That was so fun, and an actual paycheck. And uh, I, I had friends that were bartenders and all. So, if you back then, this is in the early '80s. Back then, the bars stayed open. These days, no, you live in New York, but here, a lot yeah. of joints closed midnight. Back then, two the whole thing, two o'clock, right? So if you had drinks on the bar. You could stay, as long as they didn't serve more. So I used to have them lay out three drinks. I'd leave the station about 10 to 2, shoot over to the joint, party all night. What a job. 10 p.m. is when I had to show up. But here's the greatest part of my life history. So when the morning guy left, the morning guy, Tony Infantino, at the time his name was Tony Matthews, he went to his dream job at the Easy Listening Station here, which vacated the morning slot at this rock and roll station. So they went and they put this other guy and a girl in the spot. And they were just like every other guy and girl morning show. So the guys that owned our company, at the time, it was Stoner Broadcasting. And I know that sounds funny, but that was the guy's nice name. It right. was actually, oh, you heard him. Tom Stoner. Yeah, yeah. The, no, that's because I, I worked for Stoner Broadcasting, oh, here too. It yeah. This was American Radio. That's another. Radio. That All was right. next. Yeah, yeah. But Stoner Broadcasting, Glenn Bell, who was a, supposedly a legendary DJ in Denver in probably the 60s or 70s. So th- th- in uh, the end of 1984, they called me into the bus, and they go, we want to make you the morning man. I got no idea how to do that. Seriously, I'm playing tunes at night. I play the commercials and play. I'm there. Now you got to have a, a news girl. I don't couldn't figure out how you're going to do all that stuff. So they said, go on vacation, come back. I started January 2nd, 1985. I was an abomination. But what I left out was how I got the job. What happened was when the guy that owned the company came to Rochester. He was staying right near where you're staying now. And he went on Alexander Street to get drinks. You know the story. Yeah, yeah. And he was asking bar people at the bar and bartenders, who do you like on the radio? They all said Brother Wees, which is the name I was using. They all said Brother Wees, but he didn't know they were all my friends. They weren't real people. <laughs> and, and so that conned me into the job. So you lucked and out, I and the rest is history. Complete luck. How amazing is that? Complete luck, and I sucked even more. Bro, uh, you know, people say, sometimes people say, uh, in the old days, you'd have to send out a tape. Oh, this is over. Radio, bro. You know, I always said, even at the height of my popularity, 
I used to say, if I ever had to send a tape to some stage somewhere, they wouldn't even, they'd lap it out of the joint. you got to understand the show, you so know, why, the whole so, thing. So why do you think it took off? Because you became a monster in this town. Uh, you got to remember when uh, I lived up here, Weeds was so popular <laughs> because it was before phones, before all these yeah, distractions, yeah, yeah. and he had the number one show by far in Rochester. We we were hanging out back then. We couldn't we couldn't walk around in public because he he was like a movie star well, in this town. You know, it was insane. Then, radio was everybody yeah, right. But and, so when we killed, it was so good feeling because we were. I was the only show like it. Right. I remember, but what, why do you think it took off? Just because you were so real. Just the realness of it, and the yeah. you know, and then I had the comedians, bro. Yeah. The no, the comedians all bonded with me because back then, they used to go to radio shows. They had to tell jokes. Yep. Uh, they used to be, stay on for one set. Yep. My show, they were part of the show the yep. whole goddamn day. I think I learned that from you. And they and they loved me. Yeah. Because I was one of the only at the time. Because early on, I would have comics on when I was starting to get some success, and they would come in with their their jokes. Like yeah. they wanted, I would say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Next thing you know, they're doing material, and yeah. I'm looking around the room like I, I wasn't asking you about your airplane flight. And then I would yeah. I would just go throw that crap away. If if you're funny, you're funny. You don't need your material. And then exactly. I be, I believe I got that from you. And then I was able to build up a, a stable of comics that could come in and just hang. And, well, you really built it up. Well, you know. actually made some dudes famous. You think? Yeah. Where are they now? Where are you? Yeah. I'm kidding, Robert. We're just not going to name them because publicists. But right. no, you know who you are. Come do the show. Please come do the show. <laughs> Tell the story of dating the stripper. Oh, you the one the other day. It's I so funny. laughed my ass off. Because you, now there's there's two strippers. There's the one that got hit by the car. Yeah, yeah. That's not the one I was dating. That I was just banging. Right. And, and I was sort of new in the banging with her. And my buddy texted me this morning about some stuff. He was my witness. He was at that thing. But the stripper that I dated wanted to actually move in with me. She was a cute little ma hucker. Very cute, young but how old was I? Let's see. This, this is this is before radio. This is even before radio. So, and I'm on radio 30, 35, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, it's a long time ago. But I was dating abroad, and you, the part you liked, and of course I'll never forget. I did get the crabs from her. <laughs> I did get the crabs. Not the worst thing in the world. Right. People are dying from fucking these days. So the crabs a chuckle. But when I finally had to give her the pipe, she said, I gave up centerfold for you. That's what you heard. And, of course, centerfold, that was like a big thing for, you know, some people. You know, we travel in circles, all of us, in our own circles. Probably not that circle that is so dumb that that's where they're inspired. You know, they, that's where they think they'll hit pay dirt or something. And she didn't mean playboy. You know, she meant like swank or big titties. Wow, that's a bull. <laughs> you know, hustler or barely 18. You ever see that ugly crap? <laughs> that piece of crap. But what about the stripper that got hit by the oh, car? Oh, the one that got hit by the <laughs> car. This is the best. Petticoat Junction, East Main Street. So I'm at the joint, and I already got a promise from this broad. And see you tonight. Everyone's saying goodbye to Weez. So, uh, oh Christ! 
finally that, left. Is that going to quiet the whole thing down? Was he the main dude? Oh, he was the main dude. Oh, he was, the main he was so loud and I think he was boring. doing it on purpose. Probably. He looked like that type of guy. Yeah. I think you know he was doing I'm it saying. on purpose. Yeah. Anyway, Petticoat Junction, 1922. And um, I got a promise from this chick, and I'm young and virile and cocained up, and boy, I can't wait. So the joint closes, you know, 2 o'clock and then change. And she's walking across the street, and she gets hit by a car at 2.20 in the morning on Main Street, which is pretty empty, of course. So then, you know, they had to take her to the hospital, and the police had to come, and I was an eyewitness. So they said they had a car stopped on West Main Street, which is sort of ghetto-ish here in our town. And they had a car pulled over that they think was the car. Well, I go down and ID the car. I got no choice. Plus, I'm cocaine up, and here's the cops. So they put me in the back seat, take me down there. It's the car, but I don't. I lie and say it isn't, because I don't think those guys. You know, she's in the fucking street. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. I don't want to ruin their life. <laughs> right. Nobody's dead. Right. They it wasn't. They weren't flying or anything. So I don't say anything. I come back to get to my car, and I go to the hospital to see if I can still get the pussy. You understand? <laughs> That's determination. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, course. wouldn't you? Sure. Gotta. Of course. So I go to the hospital. Genesee, the hospital? Yes. I go to Genesee <laughs> Hospital, bro, which is not there anymore, on Alexander Street, right near mm-hmm. where you're staying. And when I walk into the emergency area, she's got uh, a whole cadre of, her people, probably about seven, eight people waiting. So I sat there by myself for 10 minutes. I go, get me out of here. And uh, another time, and I need Jeff Sweeler. So you realized you weren't going to get any. Uh, I wasn't getting nothing. But, but you gave it the old uh, Plus, the I old thought, try. You know, and she was well, that's right. also the long game. Look, she saw that you show up. You never want to happen yeah. the next weekend or the weekend after that. Or But another time, and I need my buddy Jeff Sweeler because, I, you know, we he was around. Another time, I think that same chick jumped out a window at my house. Wow. Uh, because she didn't want to bang me or something. <laughs> <laughs> I so can't wait, all right. It's really that a long the time. Whole story. She jumped in front of a car and jumped out of a window? Yeah, I get, get the hit. <laughs> yeah. Get the hit. <laughs> I remember her name, too, which is a real miracle. Yeah. Because my, this memory thing that will happen to you. How do I remember this broad's name? I couldn't think of today... Uh, it's better to burn out than fade away. Than fade away, And right. going back to that story, yeah. I think about Yeah. It is so 100% for sure. I read this guy's column about how Def Leppard did an homage. They didn't know Neil Young existed. Of course. Believe me. They're Def Leppard. They were in their teens from England, and they're playing whatever music, right. rock and roll, right. metal-ish. Yeah. They weren't listening to Neil Young right. no. singing. Not, not, you not to that level, and anyway. So, and then I had it on the shirt, Yeah. and then it shows up in their song. Yeah. I re- Just the quote off the shirt. I remember that. When, we wor- when I worked at that radio station with you, they, they would take rock quotes, really cool rock quotes, yeah. and put them on T-shirts, yeah, yeah. and that was one of them. So, yeah. And then I, I know you got to leave. Uh, where are you going, by the way? Way out to Fairport today. It's too embarrassing. For what? I'm going to the hearing aid. Oh, guy. that's an easy one. No, I, oh, I, I thought it was another it. hole. Oh, there's nothing. <laughs> the only one I'm scared I of. I saved is, you because as soon as you say the too embarrassing, everyone's going to fill in the blank. No, and then I'm it turns out it's ears. Who 
cares? No, but I'm telling you, from the radiation, right? they told me before I even got treated it could make me go deaf. Right. It's taken a long time, but it's so close. It's, and I have like three sets of hearing aids. It's really, really hard to keep oh, it going. that sucks. Because I have something called radio necrosis. Right. Which you'd have to look up. It's too ugly to talk about. All right. And, and, and finally, uh, I was listening to you on the radio a few weeks ago. You were talking about, like, falling in love when you were in Vietnam. I had a thing. You had a thing. Of course. But wasn't it like a, a lady of the evening? Of course. <laughs> and you fell in love? And yeah. Then, and then I think she brought you to her house? Oh, no, that was in Taiwan. Taiwan. That was in Taipei. I can't keep, I can't keep up with you. Well, to you it would be the similar shit. Yeah, the broad, what they did, real quick story, and I'll be late for hearing aid, kid. But real quick, in Taiwan, I went to Taipei because one of my guys in the jungle went way before me. Told me his experience, because we had a choice to go to all these exotic places for a week out of the jungle, right? So this guy came back with such a great sex story of these beautiful women and everything in Taipei. I sign up. And I'm actually going to go look for the same girl that he had. And I do. And I get her. And, bro, I can't tell you. Don't forget, I spent my 20th and 21st birthdays in Vietnam. So let's just say I was 20. Yeah, yeah. I might have been 19. Yeah. Bro, you didn't never have anything like this. It was 11 bucks for 24 hours. You had to sign them out of the bar. You go in the bar, there's like 30 broads, boom, you sign out 11 bucks, 24 hours. We go to the hotel. Anyway, you spend all day. You go to dinner, breakfast, like a date. Right. And, and but the sex... You know, I'm not going to get stupid. They give you a bath every night. You're in heaven. So, bro, after, and then she's the one who took me to meet her parents and stuff. So after about four days, I go, I got to get some different pussy. Went right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I go, man, she's unbelievable. Yeah. But look at all the rest. Right. So I give her the pipe. and the, You basically it, fire her? Yeah. Well, I only I was only paying a day at a time, yeah, yeah. you know, one day at a time. You didn't renew the option for I, day five. I didn't pick up the option. <laughs> I didn't pick up the option. Wow. So I go back to the same bar, bro. The bitches would not go with the weeds. Word got around? We're, no, they ain't. I stripped their girl. None of the other girls are going. Now I got to go shopping at some other bar. The last three chicks I got, one, one, and one. Cut my nose to spite my face. Wow. Nothing like that girl. Wow. Nothing like that girl. You fell in love a little bit, you think? Well, I gave her the pipe. No, I fell in love with one in Vietnam that I was planning on taking home and shit. Really? Yeah. You know, today she'd be... What? I'm a Right? So you were going to be one of those guys that brought one home. He did. That's how she got here. Joe, right. her husband, yeah, he was there like with me. Oh, he was, he fought the war. Uh, he wasn't in the infantry. He was in Vietnam, right. And he went back as a civilian when he got out, right. Which I always dreamed of doing while I was there. Yeah, it never happened. And then he got to be, and then he married her and brought her home. Wow. And here they are. And he was a doctor, right? She put him through school, bro. 
She worked her balls off, put him through school. He becomes an anesthesiologist, doctor, and he quits in about one year. No kidding. Yeah. He, did, he didn't want to do that. Didn't like it. And now he's waiting tables at, at her yeah. joint. Yeah. His wife's joint. She's it. No, she, she she's a businesswoman. Right. She's famous in town. Right. She owns so much real estate. My buddy's Dunkin' Donuts across the street. That's hers. Mm-hmm. And most of that block. You, you know the car accident happened right across oh, the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll tell him about oh, yeah. that tomorrow. I well, told we, him already. He's told the podcast audience that we pulled in here, we could see how the telephone pole still sort of <laughs> bent. You know. I really think it's the original pole. Probably. That the car got pushed into. And that was, I don't know if he said, that was like a day or two after he hit the, the, the NHL contract. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. And I came up here to celebrate with I you a little bit. Oh, I killed Lopi. Yeah. I got to get out of here. All right. Weez, we'll take care of uh, whatever we have to I hear. I don't think there is any. All right. We'll figure it out. I don't think there is All any. right. Thanks, brother. Uh, Thanks for lunch. Six, are you going to know where to go? Yeah, yeah. Text me. Yeah, I'll text you. All right. It's right around the corner. See, what you're going to learn, Robert, when you're in Rochester, it never ends. That's It I'm, never I'm, ends. I'm remembering, and I'm seeing that it all over again. This is good. ends. Because now we have a party to go so to. So basically tonight. you're saying that I'm going to. party, it's, you're gonna, it's, it's good. All right, hopefully we'll get a podcast out of it. There we I'll go. be drinking tequila. Oh, oh God. And Bro, then Shuby gave me this scarf. That's a beautiful scarf. With the skulls. skulls. It kind of has like a Steven, Steven Tyler Shuby. feel to it. It's nice. All right, go get your ears checked. There goes Brother Louise. Cheap little feet. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Those are pretty good stories. Those huh, are Robert? amazing stories. I, I really like hanging out with people who know, did, have lived lives, you know? Yeah. And and are still cool and humble. And Now, well, it was good. I like watching the two of you guys together. Well, And I can see where you get your uh, foundation. I absolutely got my foundation. You did your own thing. Yeah. Still do, but yeah. the foundation he, is there. He, uh, he never stops. Like I said, when we were doing the radio show, like... Most radio guys, when they go to commercial, they just tap out and chill. He continues. He's only stopping because the format forces him to take, you know, to play the commercial. And then the radio show ends. Excuse me, this food was that good. Um, then he wants to go to lunch, and then he wants to go check out a new car, and then he wants to go to record archives, and then he wants to go get maybe a glass of wine, and then he wants. He's he goes all day long. When does he sleep? He Weekends? rarely. Weez doesn't sleep, right, Mama Son? He, he no, he sleeps at, at the Lago. Uh, what's the name? The um, casino. Oh uh, yeah, he sleeps <laughs> at the casino. <laughs> <laughs> what, is what what do we owe you there? Uh, no, no, that's okay. Well, I got to show you a picture of my kids before we. And your wife too. Mr. Yeah, and my wife, of they're course. They're beautiful, right? Uh, well, I think they're beautiful. Oh, let me uh, let me show you some kids, and then we're gonna then we're gonna tap out and move on to something else. Mm-hmm. Let's How long see. are you going to be here? Uh, another day. Another day. Yeah, I can't. I mean, this is this Rochester's for the young. Did you just come here for? Did you like us? Right? Huh? You just come here to broadcast, but you like us, right? I I, lo- I love this town still. Oh. All right, here you go. Here's here's my kids there. Whoa! Oh my! Oh, oh my! Hey, there you go. Boy and a girl. Yes. 
Santa Claus is wonderful. Seems like, seem like yesterday, you know that? Ah, uh, yeah, they're oh now eight and six. With a plan from your wife. Oh, oh, they get the looks from my wife. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right, Robert? Absolutely. Hey, I didn't. Re- I was hoping you would say no. <laughs> I didn't even hear the first part of that. Sorry. I said I, my kids Tim are. Sabian texted me. I said my kids are good looking because of my wife. Oh, you guys are a handsome couple. You do. Think oh, thank I you. Will say that. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, thank you. Well, oh, we never changed though. Yeah, thank you. But you've been good. Oh, everything's fine. It's just broke your bone a little bit here and there. My body broken. That's why. Your body's breaking down. Uh, yeah. My knee, my hip, everything falling apart. Ah, but I still have my brain, you know what I mean? They're working fine. You, your brain's working fine, but your body's breaking down. Yeah, I need to sit, I sit in a chair all day long. <laughs> you got to retire. I think about that, but if I retire, how do I see you? No, yeah, this, this is if where you I, belong. Because you, you like being with the people. I enjoy that. Yeah. But once in, once in a while, you feel depressed a little bit, you know? Right. How long have you been in America now? I'm here in this area, th- almost 38 years. 38 years? Yeah. Do you miss Vietnam? I never been back. You, you left and never, never looked back. back. No, but I should go. I should go. I thought about it when we move across the street. Yeah. Um, I sold this uh, property to uh, to the big um, people developer. So I got to move across the street. I have to do more takeout business. And then uh, before that, we settled first, build that everything done. I had a permit. Uh, we'll be complete, we build it, and we ship it over. Before I open a new business, I want to go back to visit my mother's grave. My brother, when I left, they living, but when I, I mean, when I, before I leave, they die, but when I left, they die on me. Wait, so so when you left Vietnam, your mom and your brother were still alive? Still and, alive, my grandma. And you never saw them again? Never saw them, because they died when the communist time. Mm-hmm. At the very hard beginning. My mother died not even a year when I left. So it's very hard to go back. That time very difficult. Oh, I, now I understand why you wouldn't want to go to go back. It's very bitter. I know that when I when I came back, when we were there and come back, a very hard time. Sure. You know, you know, that'll be in my mind for a long time. Yeah, I understand that. But maybe you go back to get a little peace. I I think I would. A I think piece. I will. I will. I yeah. will do for sure because I'm getting old too. If I don't do it now, I hardly walk. You know, it's very difficult. You you're not aging. Uh, oh, yeah. You no, don't you're think, not. Uh, you know why? The secret? You know why? Why? Because I'm choppy. <laughs> you never see the wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you say because I'm chubby? Yeah. Did you say because I'm chubby and that's why you don't see the, real, the wrinkles? Listen, listen, the real oh world, the real world, and beside a fancy choppy, that they're fat. Yeah. That's why, the, you know, when the people, the choppy fat a little bit, yeah. you don't see any wrinkle at all. Look. God, so you don't. I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, you don't need. I need to gain the weight. You don't need uh, Botox. You need carbs. Don't need to eat potato chip every day. The face will become good and oily, not wrinkled. You know. She said chunky. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, we got to go. Okay. All right. But you have a good time here. Give me a hug. Yeah. Thank you. It's always a pleasure seeing you. Okay. I will. This is Robert. Robert, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for your hospitality. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll throw a little uh, tip down at least. No, that'd be fine. Are you kidding me? Are you? Are you? Go, go, go. go, go. go we take care. She's pushing okay. me out. The- okay. go, go.
Call the cops. You, you're, you're manhandling me out of your restaurant. We're leaving money. No, be, be good. Don't worry, but don't worry. That's okay. Go, go, go. Okay. okay. Very All nice. Right. So, so we stop by early. All right. Let go of my coat. Let it just a minor. Are you warm enough to wear that? Yeah, I'm warm I'm enough. Maybe not today warm. Yeah, it's a little cold out there. A few All right. Days so Thank much. you. I appreciate Have it. Great day. All right. Thank bye. You. Thank you, Mama Thank son. You we'll see you soon. Okay. Happy holiday. Yes. All right. Ah. And there you go, a little taste. We just got run out of a Vietnamese restaurant in Rochester. <laughs> she won't let me put a tip down. Oh, thank you. That was hospitality. That's it. See, it's you said it. You called it. Look, you, you'll be able to just skate through this town. It, it's, it's an insult for us to leave money for her, even though she really totally takes care of us. And I, I would come here even if I didn't know yeah, her because the food's the that good. On the way back, you'll slide a little something in there. No, she'll give me the spring rolls for free too. Right. You have the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, getting back in the car. Oh. You hear that, Joey? That's snow. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm, I, uh, I don't miss this. I miss the people up here. I miss the vibe. But I don't come back uh, up to Western New York in the winter anymore. I just can't handle it. It's so cold. Look at all the piles of snow. When did it snow? Last May. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on that whole thing? That was awesome, and thank you for taking me along. It, it, it. I really like seeing Wee's. Uh, in an, in a different element outside of a studio, this Mama-san woman still remembers you. Uh, her daughter—I don't know who the other little hottie was at the end. Uh, she's like the new manager. I don't know. She was uh, just next time you come back up here, you just let me know. Oh, really, <laughs> Robert? Because she looks sane. <laughs> wow, Robert, getting a little—I uh, don't know. She's very cute. They used to call it a fever. <laughs> Do you have a little uh, uh, fever? Uh, I'm more of an individual. Uh, How about Weez's story about like getting a girl for 24 hours yes, for $11, $11 in 1970? And, and then they would have sex. I mean, he was in his 20s, so they probably had a lot of sex. And then in between the sex, she's giving him a bath, and then they're going to dinner and all this stuff. That's crazy. Yes. And now, what I didn't... and I what I Because <clears throat> I've heard other stories like that, and I don't want to demean... Uh, and I don't want any veteran who served over there, especially my father and his friends and all that, to think I'm being disrespectful. But if our servicemen had as much sex with the locals as all of these stories, eh, maybe there's a reason it took so we were there for so long. You know? <laughs> Why would you want to leave? <laughs> maybe there's a reason we didn't win. I don't know. That was heartbreaking at the it end, was, too, yeah. because Mama San... Uh, she left Vietnam. What did she say? She's been in this area 38 years. years. So I think she left even before that. And her mom dies a year after she leaves Vietnam, and she's never been back. And she, and her, she hasn't seen her brother, grandmother, she, all, those, all she, those people. She basically left her entire family behind. And you got to wonder why they didn't come with her. Her son, by the way, I forgot his name offhand, a great lacrosse player. Oh, wow, that's great. A great lacrosse player. Unfortunately, that whole lacrosse sport didn't totally take off. Not here, if no. it did, this guy would have been one of the top players in the entire yeah. league. And he, and he was. So, No, they like their lacrosse up here. 
And she's, I mean, look at that. She's got, what did we say? That she owns that building. She owns another building. She's now going to move that restaurant across the street in front of another business. Yeah, because she she understands uh, uh, the value of land. So she understands the, the spot she's in now is too big. And, it, and she could sell it to a developer and make a, a, a literal fortune off the land. And then take some of that money, go across the street, and, and um, um, start a whole other restaurant, restaurant yeah. that's a bit smaller. That she knows She's how a to very do it. smart lady. Yeah. yeah. Putting putting the husband through school, then making him wash dishes. Did you see him with his yeah, apron I on? I saw him. And shorts. It's 28 degrees in Rochester, and that guy's wearing shorts. <laughs> he likes his shorts. Jesus. <laughs> but again, you know, if Safa was up here, he'd be wearing shorts too, because I think I've seen him wear pants twice in the last year. That's true. So... All right, I guess uh, I guess we're done with this, Robert. Unless you have any final thoughts. No, we're just driving through a, a lovely area of Rochester. All these old homes. This nice little quaint, uh, um, what do you call it? Like an island down the middle of the road. We're uh, nice. we're on Monroe Avenue for the the people that need to know. So heading back to the Strathallen. That's where Weeds put us up, and it's a great, great hotel. We're gonna go see if Carl is uh, alive before yeah. we figure out the next podcast. Yeah, he tapped out, so we'll probably see Carl on the next podcast. All right, I guess that's it. You know what to say there, uh, Robert. Wrap it up, Joey. This is for Brother Weeze. I'm going to go live on this one.
Remember to subscribe to OP Radio. Have a happy and safe 2019. Go to opradio.com for shirts, hats, and all that jazz, even the stream of this podcast. And we thank you for a successful 2018 on behalf of the Westwood One Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to OP Radio. Mm-hmm.